everybody peace welcome to the sorry to bother you podcast wherever or however you're listening man we're so grateful to have you here with us i'm joined today by my co-host mr dre pennington what's good y'all how we doing how we doing it's good to be you know live today Ready well to somebody sports questions off hey dre you didn't do the you didn't do the you didn't do the whoop, 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 whoop. you didn't nah, nah, i'm gonna skip that today i'm gonna skip that one today that's, Bro. that's what it's time but the fans of you know they got so accustomed to you doing that, man. I know, I know, but you know, this one I gotta be a little more professional. This is like a this is this today's show is a little special to me. Okay, okay. We got this is a special show for you. Yeah, this one this one's a little bit more special than usual. Ah, oh. oh, okay. Um all right, I wonder why, but okay, so let's um let's talk about our the special guest we have on the show today, Dre. You know, since this is a since this is a special show for you, do you wanna you want to introduce our, our special guest? You know, I, I think I got it. I, I think I got a couple. You got more. it? You got it? Yeah, I got you. All right. You got it, bro. You got right. it. So this man right here is Mr. Bucket Getter himself. Uh, you know, my hometown, one of my biggest mentors, one of the first people I ever met that really crossed me. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what just happened. That, 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 that was one of the first people. Mr. Uh. All intuitive, Mr. Terrell Turner. How we doing today? I'm doing well, brother. How you doing? Man, you know, I'm good, man. You know, uh, how you doing? You know, COVID and everything that's going on. I hope everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing all right, brother. Uh, got me in the house, you know, kind of locked down. Everybody's healthy and safe, yeah. so, you know, can't complain that <laughs> way. Uh, I'll say, for someone who don't know you, um, can I ask you, what is it the profession that you do? Oh, I am currently a professional player in Australia. I live in Sydney, Australia, to be exact. Um, yeah, so I do that, you know, from time to time. Can you tell some people where you're from? I am from Columbia. You know, most people don't know because, you know, they think Missouri is in the south, but Missouri is in the Midwest. I'll be trying to tell them. Yeah, and I, I grew up on a farm, though. You know, people don't really know that about me. That's kind of a unique thing about me that I grew up on and I can ride a horse and, you know, <laughs> I can, you know, do all that type of stuff. Okay, so for the, some of the people who don't know you, um, can you tell them, you know, what high school you went to and, and about, like, uh, you know, the special things about your high school, high school career? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I went to um, Columbia Rockbridge. You know, it's the rival to the Hickman Cupies, which where Dre went. And yeah. uh, so <laughs> during funny thing is during my high school career and all the way up until recently, we had beat Hickman 18 times in a row. Of course, he brings this up. OK, keep going. You know, so yeah. Um, well, just funny thing about it. Um, let's see, my high school career, I was an all-state player, all-district, all-area, um, all-state player with that team consisted of Tyler Hansborough, uh, Marcus Walker, who was actually the leading scorer in Kansas City history. So that's more points than Anthony Peeler. Kareem Rush, so yeah, that team was pretty special to be on. Um, you know, I kind of had a season. 
Average about 15 points a game. My team went 22 and five. Um, we lost in the championship. Kind of, you know, a heartbreak, but I think that's, you know, what tends to happen when you play basketball. You lose. So, you know, there's nothing else you can really do with that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I passed that to people in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds. <laughs> Conceded, but <laughs> if you wanted a bucket, I was gonna get. <laughs> Honestly, I'm telling you, Mr. Buckets himself. People don't know that. No, no, I know because when I went to, funny thing is, after high school, when I went to um, junior college, I got buckets. Uh, I was that that was like you know defining moment that coach um, was really about being who you are. And I was a score, so he was like, "Hey, score!" So, and I, you know, to be honest, I was probably the team's best defender, so he put me on a lot of people too. But um, I was really about getting those buckets. And that was like big. But after I left and I went to a different school, after I finished my two years at junior college, I didn't. I just became a strictly defender because that's what the team needed. You know, I can't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Yeah, that's, that's, well, that's well said. That's well said. Yeah. I'll say well uh, about that. Like a lot of people don't know, you probably like with your team. I want to say your senior year, um, you had probably one of the greatest runs in uh, Columbia College history. Uh, can you talk about that a little bit? Oh yes, man. Uh, so our team was very good uh, off, but we just had a lot of inconsistent play my senior season. So um, the coach one time, he kept telling me, hey, you should play, you know, you're a good leader. You should play point. I said, no, coach, it's really not. I haven't done that since high school. So I haven't done it in, you know, like five years, four or five years. I said, I I don't know if it's the same anymore, you know. And he was like, oh, you know, you should do it. And I was like, I don't think, you know, I haven't really, you know, got to that. So he implemented. He was like, you know what, I'm not going to give you a choice. You're going to play point guard. And I was like, all right, fine. (laughs) So he put me at the point guard, and we were, like, in, like, a little struggling right then. And we winning 22 out of 24 games before we went into the tournament. And as we got into the tournament, obviously we're rolling. You know, we've got a little a strictly, like, a five and five. So the starters, you know, they do five and five subs. And it actually worked out well because – we all had roles and each five, each platoon knew, you know what I mean? Knew their role. So but actually to win all out into the championship game and the way that we played, it wore down a lot of teams because, you know, if you're playing and you're subbing one person or two people and we're subbing in fives, mm-hmm. it wears you down. The only thing that stopped us from winning a national title is, we didn't account for TV timeouts. <laughs> so we got to the national championship game and it was on a sports and they had TV timeouts. Mm. So the other team never had to rest their big guys. And they, and they end up outlasting us and they beat us in the title game. Otherwise, you know, I would call myself champion, but I can't. <laughs> But I can't because yeah, they they had our number. If if we'd have played them in any other without those TV timeouts, 
we would have beat them. How was it? How was it um, for you as a player being able to get into a rhythm playing in a platoon subsystem? Uh, well, it was easy for me because at at that point, like I said, in that stage, I wasn't the scorer that I used to be. I didn't go out and take a lot of shots. I didn't try buckets. My focus was on stopping the other team's um, best player, whether it was a one, two, or three. You know, they, they put me on bigger guards, small forwards, because I was a good defender. Um, mm-hmm. Beat, get in position, but if they want to play physical, then I can play physical, you know. Uh, I think that's what I learned growing because I'm obviously not the tallest, about 5'11", 6 foot, give or take. Um, so tough, you know. And I also like like to mold my game after, like, Chris Paul. Which is like a little dog, you know, a little bulldog. Yeah. And you know, you got to be tough when you're undersized. So that's how I played. So I didn't really have to worry about that rhythm too much. Um, kind of like a free flowing guy. So if you open, just take the shot. So people, you know, they kind of fed off that, and that was easy. That was easier for guys to get in rhythms. Gotcha. No, that's crazy. So like when when you were talking about your roles was that something that was established, you know, naturally uh, with your team, or was that something that you guys, you know, uh, your coach is trying to des- kind of designated over over the season? Well, as we went through, you know, we had guys who did certain things. Started that it was probably about maybe a third third way through the season. We started that five on five, and um, guys that already kind of knew what they did well, so he matched us up. So the first needed a true leader which was me they had the rest of the three out of the five guys could score me and another guy were good defenders so we we were the ones that you know there was a big guy he worked defense and i did the dirty work on the outside and the other three were scores so you know like i said like i said before too many chiefs and not enough indians so all five of us can't be looking to score Mm. The group they needed a guy who wanted to score a lot, and that was another guard. I mean, if you pass it to him on the bench, he'd shoot it. So, <laughs> so you know, he he's one of those guys I always crack jokes with. Said he's never, you know, met a shot he didn't. So they needed him to do that and get his shots up there. So those other guys all played defense, and the guy who would take all the shots for him. So it worked well with that other group. So that's how we were able to get that consistency, even though we were in and five out. If that makes yeah. that makes sense for the people. No, 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 it does. So you know, so it sounds like you guys ran a system similar to what New Mexico State ran last year in terms of that platoon subbing. And I remember I was watching in, um, an interview with the head coach at New Mexico State, and he said the reason he did he did the platoon subbing was. Because there wasn't that much of a talent disparity amongst his players. So everyone was kind of on the same level talent-wise. Could you say the same thing about your team during that time? Uh, yeah, I believe that we, we had a very similar, you know, skill level from everybody across the board. The thing is, though, we actually had three All-Americans on our team. Um, wow. Yeah, they were all – there was a one team uh, and two third teams. And yeah, really, probably should have been 
nothing, but he wasn't aggressive enough. So, you know, I'll tell you guys a funny story. We're, we're in the finals, and there's two minutes to go, and we're down eight points. So everybody thinks our season's over, and which he played with me in college. Uh, his name is Jason Ellis, left-hander, real smooth. And they see me, and I said, man, this is your time to take the game over. I said, we can't. We're stagnant on offense. None of us can score, but he can score in his sleep. And he scored twelve points in two minutes, and we oh and we won wow. and we and we went to the. Uh, that sounds like that sounds like a T Mac right there. It, it was, right. and we went to the post game, post game, you know, uh, with the media, and they said that they had seen me yelling at him, and what was I saying? And I said, get to see him every day. But I see him every day. I said he can score in his sleep. So I told him, nobody can hold you out here. I said, just go ahead and let it ride. I mean, if he didn't let it ride, we'd lose him. He kind of <laughs> took over the game for us and, hey, you know, boosted us into the, the – I think we went to the semifinals after that. Yeah. I'll say, so that, uh, after that championship game, you know, like, what, what was your, your thought process? Like, how how were you guys feeling? And, you know, what was your plan after that? I thought my thought process about it, man, it was – I don't know if I – after that, I, like, play basketball after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was probably one of the biggest heartbreaks I've ever experienced because I know the uh, NAIA tournament. So, you play – you got to win five games in seven days. Yeah. So, you know, if other people don't understand that, we played on a – the first game was on a Tuesday. But people don't understand the games go all the way to 10 o'clock at night. And then the next round, play at 9 o'clock in the morning, and you could have finished at 9 o'clock at night. So they call it the toughest tournament basketball, no matter what division, whatever it is, because you're playing – you know, you got to win five games in seven days. Our run was so historic based off of we came in as the 14th seed, knocked off the 15th to the next round to play the three seed, knocked off the three seed by 22 points. Yeah. We went on a 15 game and they just never recovered. Um, after we knocked off the three seed, we went against the sixth seed, the sixth seed. Went to the semifinals against uh, I want to say the seventh seed, who was Faria, and we knocked them off too. Before we went into the finals, and they were unseated actually, and they ended up winning it all. But you know, that was a heartbreaker because we just felt like we should have won, and we didn't. So then you know after that, you know, this was well, what do I do next? I just gonna get a regular job because you know I just thought you know nobody was offering me a contract nothing. So you know, might as well get into the workforce. So why don't you why don't you tell us about that process that you had in terms of getting that professional contract and then that process, of, you know, transitioning from college to the professional level? Oh, the funny thing about is I know because everybody's journey is different, and everyone expects to have like some super you know crazy story. The is. so after you know after college, I was like, oh, okay, what am I do? So I end up being a teacher. And um, and one of my friends who I basically grew up with 
and he ended up moving away. He was playing over. And he comes back and said, man, my team needs another import. We don't have nobody. And he goes, hey, man, still play? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, man, you pick with us. And I was like, stop playing with me, man. And he was like, no, for real. He goes, I'm going to go back to Australia. When I get back, this guy's going to call you and set up everything, contract everything. He's going to give you a call. And I was like, but, you know, now gassing me up because I'm like, man, this is too good to be true. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to Australia and, you know, you know, Australia from America, Australia is a day ahead. So he keeps telling me, oh, I'm going to call you. So like a week went by, I didn't hear nothing. And one day, it was probably, I think it was a Monday, I got a phone call late at night and the guy was like hey how you doing I was like oh I'm fine he's like is this Terrell I'm speaking to I'm like yeah he's like this is uh Timothy Mallon and I was like oh hey how you doing he's like yeah Mitch gave me your number I'd like to talk to you and we started talking he ended up offering me a deal and I I jumped on it faster I don't know what I, the numbers didn't even have to. They didn't even have to sound good. I just wanted to put my foot in the door, you know. So, so like going off that, you know, um, can you tell us like how many years after was it that you like since your last game, you know, the national championship game to finally getting that contract? It was probably, uh, let's see, about a year and a half. A year and a half, yeah. but in that time, I had been working out and just staying in shape, doing everything because, I mean, you know, I just didn't ever want to get out of shape, and I love basketball, so I just continued to do it. And, you know, that year and a half is probably one of the, you know, longest times of my life. That was probably the longest year and a half because, you know, time seems like it's just going by so slow and you're kind of in a, in a, you know, basically in quicksand. You, you feel like you're not. And everything's moving so slow. I mean, even though I'm teaching, I'm still not, you know, actually fully playing basketball should be. And, you know, that kind of happened. And, yeah, once, you know, I got that call half since I left college, that kind of, you know, pushed me through to where I'm at right now. Yeah. So – Going off your professional year, like how was your first year? If you can, you can tell us about that because I know how some people say, like you know, they're excited for it, and some people, it's kind of weird for them and surreal that they're in a whole new country going, uh, playing basketball again. So, like for you, how was it? If you can just explain that a little bit. Oh, my first year was, it was good, man. Uh, I'll tell you about like the getting into a new country. The only good thing about Australia is everybody speaks English. That was like yeah. a, big th- a big thing for me get to a country and they, you know, they talk in a different language and you don't quite understand. So now you're looking for somebody to help you. It's totally different. Everybody speaks English. Um, I always thought when I first got to Australia, before I even like hit the basketball court, I would just see Kane everywhere. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that sounds, you know, ridiculous, but I, I never like that. You know, kangaroos are kind of like deer. You got to, go out or you got to go into the woods to see them. They don't just hop around. But I had never been to Australia before, so that's what I thought. And another funny thing that you have to get used to is Australia doesn't need, like, air conditioning or heat in their gyms. 
Mm. <laughs> so, is that it, mm. it's a hundred degrees? It's really a hundred degrees, you know, and can't catch the ball hot. And then on those days, because Australia is basically hot all year round, at nighttime it gets real cold. But since basically concrete, all that cold air from you know blowing off the beaches and all that is in those gyms, and it feels like fox in there. <laughs> And I had to get used to that. I played one game my first year, and I came into the third quarter. Mm. That's how cold it felt. And they said, well, Australia's not a cold place. No, it's not. But at night, it's cold. And I just – that was probably one of the worst experiences. My fingers felt like spite on it, y'all. That's how cold it was in that gym. <laughs> and uh, that, that was – the hardest part to adjust to my first year. And also, I, I guess the, the fouls, because you're American and, you know, in Australia and you're considered the import, they let they let the other Australians and domestic players basically when you drive to the hole. <laughs> I, I swear I felt like Michael Jordan in the 80s <laughs> where they just closed up. And I turn and look at the refs like, that's a foul. And he's just shaking his head. And I'm like, oh, so is this how we playing today? <laughs> okay, just, you know, kind of let me know. But then if you breathe on the Australians, they'll blow their whistle real quick. And you're like, <laughs> like man, I haven't seen yet. Like, come on. And, you hear how you know, say, yeah, that's crazy. It, it, it's ridiculous, man. I, you know, at one point, we, we would watch film and I would see these fouls that are being called on me. And I would just turn and I would say, you know what, man, this is getting – and I would go up to the referees in the game and just be like, you know, literally he is bumping and riding me all the way down the court. I was just saying, break contact, break contact, but you're not blowing the whistle. I said, one warning's enough. He's, I, I said, he's absolutely fouling me. <laughs> you know, they never ran it, so – I think I had to adjust to all of that, you know, how physical they were allowed to play and how, you know, non-physical I could play. So I had to really adjust to that. And then also, you know, the rules are different here. We're over an extra step. They call it a zero step. So, you know, yep. where you can pick the ball up and take a full step and it doesn't. Now, I don't know where y'all from, but where I'm from, once you take a step, that's a step. You don't get that. You know, and some guy hit me with a move. I promise you, I'd never seen it before when he picked it up and I cut him off and he took a step. That's one step. So when he took the other step, I slid over and I'm like, that's two steps. And then he took another step around me and laid it up a minute. I said, that's a travel. <laughs> and, not, and not one soul on the court said anything. So, oh, so we playing like this over here, you know? You know, those are like real, real, real adjustments to do. And also, you know, no goaltending. If the ball's bouncing on the rim, they can slap it off. That's another adjustment that I had to deal with. My, But I think I played well. I averaged 19 points a game. Um, my team missed out on the playoff. You know, when you look at the grand scheme of things, um, they don't they don't blame the domestic. They blame the imports. On why mm -hmm. you didn't, why you didn't yeah. get it done, you know. So that was like a big adjustment to, you know, you played well, and then your team does not make the playoffs, and they're blaming you. 
So how are you able to adjust having that level of pressure on you? Well, most people don't know this, man, and uh, this is a funny thing, but uh, I actually talk to myself a lot before games. That that kind of that kind of eases mm-hmm. myself from the pressure. I, I things that you know probably nobody should tell themselves. I, I really it sounds funny. I'm not conceited, guys. I'm a you know humble person, but I love myself. So. <laughs> I envision myself doing things to people out on the court. Tell myself that's how it's going to go. So it actually calms me down, you know. And I, yeah. I think that's kind of how, how I adjust to the pressure. I tell myself that I was made for this. I was built for this. And I'm out here to give these buckets out. So, you know, I've already got it in my mind that I'm going to perform well. I perform well or not is another thing, but I'm going to tell myself I'm going to perform well before I get out there. So I shake off my nerves. So, you know, you played your first year. You you killed it. You did pretty well. Like, you, even though your team didn't make the playoffs and everything. So your second, you know, your second year coming in, you know what to expect. How How did that happen for you? Um, well, actually, to me, man, that was a down year. Um, as as I as I went into it, the second year, the team actually got better. So we added some pieces, more scoring, more rebounding, you know. So then it took away from the do. So I didn't perform as well, you know. Obviously, um, I, I'm supposed to score. They bring you in here to score, but when they bring scores that are Australian, you know, um then it kind of takes some of your shots away. Um, and then there's so up until like 14 points a game. We were stacked and we still missed out on the playoffs. And once again, who do they turn? Well, yes, the imports. the imports. Oh, well, you only averaged 14 this year. You know, if you would have averaged 17, we would have made. And you're thinking, well, what about these other guys? Uh, are they are they performing? You know, to, you know, then yourself you know should I really average 17 you know all these other things so that was the second year was really a down year for me um, personally I, I felt like yeah. I should have performed better and I didn't and then did, did you ever feel like you needed to you know perhaps justify your you know your thought process like you know trying trying to explain to other people like perhaps the media or the organization how you felt that you know, though you're getting the majority of the blame import, a lot of that blame isn't, or at least shouldn't be put on you because of the construction of the team. No, man. Uh, so I have an agent, and um, that he's like my mentor, man. He's, he's somebody that I over here. Uh, shout out to Butch Hayes. Um, you know, he's my agent. He's a man. But he used to tell me, you know, about when Australia to play. He uh he actually got drafted by the Chicago Bulls. He played the played his first year with the Bulls the same year as Michael Jordan. Um, so Man, yeah, he was he was Michael Jordan's backup that year, and he, I was you know I always used to ask him questions and crack jokes about it. I said, "Man, if Michael Jordan would have never got drafted that year, you would have you know had a had a stellar <laughs> career." And he always jabbed me, said, "Man, Michael Jordan, you know." He said. They realized after the first year, Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. So they said, hey, man, we don't need you no more. We're going to let you go. <laughs> so, you know, he said, hey, I, I took it in stride because I knew Michael Jordan was going to be great. You know, so he had, you know, he kind of 
told me about what happened to him in Australia when he first got here. He said, I got here the first, you know, first day. And he said, we went through things. So the next day we had a game. So I played. He said, I had 27 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists. Mm. He said, the general, the general manager wow. called me in there and said they were going to cut me. And I said, cut you? He said, what? because he passed the ball too much. <laughs> he, he, he said, what? we got – said you put up a triple double in your debut he said i know i said and not, not like a small triple double i said a big one he said yeah and he said you know what boss so now the pressure falls on who you so you know the fact that i had 27 points matter because i should have had 37 because i passed too much so then it let me know what type of mentality they had bringing an american in so even though the team's constructed a certain way, they still form. Wow. So do you, is that why? So do you think that's the reason that guards in college that are, you know, a prototypical guard, you know, a, an old school style point guard, you would say, is it is that why they don't transition well to professional? Yes, guards? I believe so. Because and you also got to understand at, at that age of you know uh, years old. When you when you get a shot, um, whether you go overseas or you go to the NBA, team style game. But yeah, over here, right. overseas, whether you're overseas in the NBA, you're basically playing for your next contract. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so so your numbers matter now. You know, if you look at it, the NBA for so long was played as an isolation game. Now Golden State has kind of concept because it's not a passing team game now everybody's trying to do that but you know you got the other teams like pockets are playing basically isolation ball you know one-on-one james harden will dribble it for you know 20 seconds and step back (laughs) play that way like that's how the game is so when you get overseas or when you get to the nba you know golden state it was built on now you got to get buckets you got to put points on the board. You got to, you know what I mean, get the stat. But if they came out of college at a team game, now you're going expecting to be the man. Yeah. So if you mm-hmm. don't have that man or you don't have that in your – from jump, you're going to struggle. And that's why a lot of them get cut season or, you know, they don't get signed after the first year. And, you know, I think that's just a reality of this business that we're in. But is that, a, is that a mentality that you can teach or is that something that you have to be born with? Because I know that's something that me and Dre talk I about. I think you can time. teach it. I believe you can teach it. Um, I think you just have to drill it into somebody, you know. Hey, you're the man now. You know, you can't, you can't rely on anybody to, um, you know, help you along here. You, you, you're the man, you know. I know that you went to a school with all these other guys, but you're the man now. So we're going to – we need you. Some people – are built for it and some aren't. So if you can drill it into somebody, like they say, you know, if you if you're able to to do something and somebody can drill something in you, then you do it. If you're not, bold. Hmm. What do you, what do you guys think? You believe that you can that you're born with it? Or, you know, you can be taught. You know, I was always under the impression that. You can't teach someone to have that dog mentality, man. But 
you know, the way you explain it, uh, you know, people respond well to positive yeah. reinforcement. And so, like you were saying, if you continue to ingrain in somebody that they, you know, that, that they're great, they have the skill, they have the potential to be a leader on that team, you know, I think it is possible now the way you explained it. But I think that has to be done at an early age. I think that has to be dumped in the youth. That's, that mentality has to be ingrained in them from the youth. I think it's a lot harder to try and tell a you know, 19 or 20-year-old that they have the skills and possess the uh, potential to do it if they've never been t- been told that or taught that growing up. I understand that, I, and I agree with that. But, you know, I'll, I'll shoot you this. Prime example, Scottie Pippen, right? Before, before Michael Jordan retired, yep. Scottie Pippen was just a number two, never a lead dog. You know, a rob into the Batman. Right. Michael Jordan retired. He became Batman. He probably should have won MVP that year. You know, I think he third in the MVP voting and led the Bulls to 55 wins. So he had never yeah. been he had yeah. never been that dog. But Watson told him, hey, this is what you have to be now. And he did it. So, you know, before he was just an all-around, you know, player to just score, get the buckets. But that year he did it. So I think it can be taught. Yeah. So do you? So let me ask you. But if so, are you saying that if a player doesn't believe in themselves, then they can still be like, they can still mold that dog mentality? Because I also think that if you don't have that self belief, you know, if you don't have that personal belief in yourself, then I don't, I don't think it matters what anyone tells you that you know if if you don't have that belief in yourself, it just won't happen. I, I, I agree with that. I, I'll tell you a story I used to tell about. We have people in practice all world. You get in practice with them. There's nobody that's in the gym. Nobody's watching them. And they used to light us on fire. And I'm, how, how are you playing like this? Get in, a, get, a, get in a game and absolutely couldn't catch the ball because no stands. Does that make okay, sense? Yeah. When no one's around, they can be all world. We'll get around their mindset becomes different. You know, I got to look good for this person. I got to do this. Sudden start playing mind tricks on themselves. And they, they just have brain farts. They go from. Go Wait, those, those type of players can't be trusted. Though. Oh yeah. I wouldn't trust think? them. I wouldn't trust them as far as I can throw them because <laughs> I wouldn't trust them as far as I can throw them because I, I, I see what type of mentality. And as anybody, you know, we're watching this uh, my documentary. He had tough love, right? He said, I wanted to break you to see if I could break you in practice before we got to the games. Because I knew if you couldn't handle it here, you're not handling it there. And we had these people who, so they're worried about the way they're looking out there on the court in a real game. I'd rather shoot a, a jump shot with two people him shooting a wide open one because I have no idea what he's going to do. <laughs> I, know that, I know that sounds crazy, but you, you get what I'm saying? I mean, and, and I've actually, since becoming a professional, man, like um, everybody's I, I, I think, you know what, this kind of debunks what I'm going to say. Everybody's not built the lead dog. Yeah. You can yeah. you can push them to be a lead dog and tell them everything you want. You can try mm-hmm. to mold them. 
but you can give them the key. This is an analogy. I can keys to a Lamborghini. That don't mean you know how to drive this Lamborghini. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's sure. a great analogy, actually. And and you know, Mr. Terrell, that um by you saying that you actually bring up a pretty good point. So me and Dre actually had a we had a debate on the show a couple months ago where I was are we were trying to explain to the public that it's harder as a player to be um to be a leader, yeah. you know, as opposed to a role player, because not everyone has the necessary capabilities to be a leader. Not everyone has those intangibles. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Um, I, I don't think everybody has it, man. And not to to ever own a doo I I was born with it, <laughs> so even now at this level, um, they know I know. I I'm I'm pushing you to the max because. We got a goal, you know, a lot of you play in Australia or sometimes they'll make a mistake and they'll say, oh, you know, my bad or unlucky. They like to say that a lot. Unlucky, mate. And I'm like, you know what? We ain't, we ain't got time for no unlucky. We know, you, <laughs> we know you messed up. You know you messed up. Now fix it. You know, I don't, we, don't, we don't have time for this to say, oh, unlucky. No, it ain't unlucky you didn't catch the ball. Catch the ball. Focus. <laughs> We out here for it. We out here to get this win. You know what I mean. So you you have to focus. So I, I've learned that as a professional, like everybody's built to be a leader. But you know, um, those that are, they're special. And you see it now in the NBA. The probably the the greatest leader in the NBA, and I don't. Y'all might not agree with me. Is yeah, I can agree with that. I, I don't agree with that. I, but but yeah, I want to hear, hear what you got to say about this. Okay, I'll tell you why. Okay, um, yeah. CP3 went to Houston, right? They took yeah. uh, seven yeah. games. If CP3 doesn't get hurt, do they take Golden State to seven games? No, they probably win in six. They were actually ahead before he got hurt. Three to two. And then he got hurt. Why? Because he's the leader. He's the dog that they needed. James Harden is not that leader. You can't ask somebody. You, I can't expect Dre to play defense if I'm not playing defense. So I can't yell at you, Dre. If you're looking at me like, man, you ain't out here doing nothing but shooting the ball. So that's how they look <laughs> at that's how they look at James Harden. All you're doing is shoot, right? So then they trade Chris Paul to Westbrook. The Thunder have a better record with Chris Paul than they did with Russell Westbrook. And I'll, I'll say this it's funny because it's something that we, we actually talk about often. I've, I, they, I brought this up. They showed it the other day, a 1.8% chance of making the playoffs. Do you realize OP has a better record than the Houston Rockets? And, you know, Troy, in, in your, oh you're bringing God. up good examples. <laughs> but... Well, no, but, so what if I guess what I would just say so what about in 2015 when Chris Paul was with the Clippers when you know they threw they blew that throw that 3-1 lead to uh to Houston that's the example I would use in terms of Chris Paul's leadership and also when they played um when they played Utah in the first round back in 2017 and I would I would just say that Chris Paul is in my opinion uh I would say a, Maybe a top six, top five point guard 
crafts of all time. But I think, the, in my opinion, you can tell me what you think. I think the problem with Chris Paul, though, is that he, when he gets in pressure situations and big moments, he gets so, you know, wound up and tight because he can't really control the, his, uh, the emotional aspect of his game. And so that's why you see, you know, he gets, he pulls muscle, he pulls his hamstring in 2018, or he pulls his hamstring um, in that same year, 2015, against San Antonio in game seven. Like he, in those pressure situations, he's so compounded and so tight, you know, he, um, he can't really control his emotions. And so that's why I would say that he's maybe not as good of a leader as people expect. And to add on to that, also, like, also we hear, um, Rumors like around the about how how he is as a teammate and as an individual in the locker room. Like I can't, I don't know him person, so I can't really speak on that. But I would just say things like that is our reasons. I would say that Chris Paul maybe isn't as good as a leader. That's Question for you: And uh, when they played the Spurs that year, who was the defending champions? That was that was Spurs. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. What what is San Antonio game seven? Probably about uh, you know. Left that Chris Paul hit a runner off the backboard over yeah. two de- over two defenders for the win. He did, yeah. After he hurt his hamstring, dude is a savage. Those other series, Chris Paul always performs. It becomes his co-stars who don't perform. You know, Blake Griffin starts to struggle. That that Clippers team to me was just dysfunctional because they didn't like Blake. They were mad that Doc Rivers put his son in and then. You know, signed his son to all that big yeah. money because you know. But yeah. I would do, I would do the same thing anyway. But you got to understand, now everyone gets an ego. Yeah, yeah. Everyone absolutely. has an ego, so absolutely. now they feel slighted that Doc, your son's in here. Which not, I, I have no doubt right now. I will let you know. You know, I'm not biased. Austin Rivers deserves to be in the NBA because when Chris Paul got hurt against Portland Trailblazers that year, I want to say, Austin. Austin, yeah, Austin Rivers the next ball- year, yeah. Yeah, he Austin, performed. Yes, Austin Rivers can play. Even with Houston, he hits shots. He plays tight D. He can get to the hole. He can ball. So I don't say that. But at that time, they felt like Doc gave him all that money because Doc was doing two roles because he was your son, that he didn't earn it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I get that. So now Chris Paul is one of those – as we've seen when, you know, Steve Kerr said something to him and he kind of laughed and looked at Steve Kerr. Then he turned around and went with a blank face. He holds grudges. <laughs> he holds yep. grudges. So he's like that. So I think he's held a grudge and they felt a certain way about that team. If you, you know, listen to J.J. Reddick when he did his thing, that it just they couldn't get around it. Matter if they had Michael Jordan on the team, they couldn't get around some of the tension and some of the problems that they had internally. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I think everybody right. has those, you know, um, because do you believe LeBron James is a good leader? I, in my opinion, no. I think he's a, diff- he's a different type of leader, but that's for everyone. It's different, like I said. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like Michael Jordan let me with fear, right? As we're seeing in his documentary, he made people perform because they were scared. So, Hello? You know what I mean? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, the difference yeah. how he, he made them perform. He didn't perform out of fear rather than just being happy there. Then Tim Duncan makes you lead by game and you follow him. And, you know, for that, for that Tim Duncan uh, comparison, do you think that was more Greg Popovich and just that Spurs system? Or do you think Tim was really – 
the leader of that. I, I personally believe is. I, I I believe Pop I believe Pop okay. ran that ship, and he didn't take no mess. Everyone fell in line, but if they see Tim Duncan falling in line and Tim Duncan getting yelled at, then they say, "Hey, the best player on the team, take this." So we take it. So we all fall in line because Tim's doing it. But I truly don't believe right. Tim Duncan was right. doing the things a LeBron James or Michael Jordan or Chris Paul are doing. You know, I just I don't believe it. just as well as I believe a lot of people give like Steph Curry credit for for Golden State being so good, saying he's a great. Ain't no no leader's gonna let Draymond mm. Green say the things that he's saying to other people on the team. Yeah. Like that, for example, yeah. what he said. To That's Kevin right. You, 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 Kevin Durant is the best player on that team, and you're going to let him. Durant's not there. You don't beat Houston. You don't win those back-to-back titles. Durant's the only unguardable player on that team. Everyone can be slowed down but Kevin Durant. They won a final game three with the finals against the Cavs. They won a where Steph Curry had 10 points. Klay Thompson had 10 points. Draymond Green had nine points, and Kevin Durant had 14 points. Yeah, you're like 45. 40. And, and you know, Mr. That speaking of that game, I remember I was talking with Jerry about this. That was the first time I saw another player play, and I thought to myself, there's nothing you can do to guard that guy. There is nothing you can do physically to stop At that all, guy man. At all. I said, when I was watching, you know, go back to the Houston series. Isolate and you know, Golden State does a little like a, it's called you know, basically smoke and mirrors, right? They're doing something on the weak side to make, make the play, even though it's nothing. So, if Steph Curry runs off a couple screens on the weak side, it's just making you that's right, it's just making you it's know that something's action. going on, but really, Kevin Durant's playing one on one, yeah, and he's unguardable, so he's just yeah. shooting over PJ Tucker, he's just shooting over Trevor Reza. And now they're just stuck. You know what I mean? Like, what are you yeah. doing? Anytime they needed a bucket, they'd give it to the out a little placebo action, you know, smoke and mirrors over there. Like something's really happening. And he's paying you one-on-one. And mm-hmm. I give him a on how good, you know, as I say, a team like that was when, was it last year, uh, when Kevin Durant came back against Toronto? Yeah. As good as Kawhi yeah, was last, playing, yep, the eight minutes that Kevin Durant was on the floor, Kawhi, Kawhi was non-existent, and Durant was he wanted until he hurt himself. Yeah, twelve points in eleven points minutes in 11 he gave minutes. him, and Kawhi Leonard did nothing out there. He was basically non-existent. He has to work hard to guard Durant, but no one can. So you know the difference is you hope LeBron James misses shots because he's just not the great. Kevin Durant's not going to miss too many shots. So if you if you let him stand out there and shoot it, yes. he's gonna bury him. So what that was the difference. I think and and I and I personally believe um who's running that ship is Draymond State. Yeah, no, that comes as true. And you know, Mr. Bro, that was I, I think so too. And it's interesting because we talked about how teams that are successful have to have good leadership and our good leaders have to have um certain traits. It's interesting that the great – so the top three players on that team, Steph, Clay, and KD, are at that time, none of them really had an alpha personality. You know, Draymond had the, was the only guy on that team that had an alpha personality. But they were still able to be successful. But like you said, if if Steph or KD has an alpha personality, 
I think that's yes. Together, um, I'll let you guys in on a little. little. So my cousin, um, she's real good friends with uh, Dre, not Dre Mount Green, I'm sorry, Andre Iguodala. So he used to tell us how it worked. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we used to ask him how it worked. And he said, man, Steve Kerr would just give us days off, a little inside information. He said, man, you know what would think? We got to get away from Draymond. <laughs> he, said wow. be- he said because he's thin wow. on you. I was going to say. Steve Kerr has a lot of philosophy, okay. just like um, Phil Jackson, who I think yeah, put a yes. print on him. Yes, so and then, I can see why that that something like that would happen. If yes, if man. you got for the guys who watch the Jordan doc, if you look at it, there's a lot of things you were just like, Phil, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing that as a coach? Steve Kerr probably um, Iggy the clipboard to be like, hey, uh, write down plays, just go do this real fast, like just. Just out of the box day, things. Yes, so and then, say, like it happening. And I understand. Wait, wait. So let's get back to so, Mister Charlie. So you're saying that the Golden State players thought that yes, a lot of Draymond just had to get them. away. I- Iggy was saying, you know, and then that was not. This is no second. This is Iguodala telling me, brother. With him, he was like, he just wore thin on us. You know, we'd have to get away from him. We couldn't put up with you know constant bickering. You know, he said, even even in um, last year, he said, you can see this against the Clippers. He said, when they missed the shot, and he's, you know, when he called Kevin Durant the name, he said, everybody in the whole stadium knew Draymond should have gave the ball to Durant. Draymond was trying to do something that he shouldn't have did. He said, so then when he messed up, and Durant was like, hey, man, should just do me the rock. He blew up on but he said he felt like he's the only one that can tell people what, what's going on. But when they say something back to him, it's a problem. He said Durant mm-hmm. said nothing wrong. He just said, "Hey, bro, you should have hooked me up with the Rock." Like, you know what I'm saying? He said. And then he blew up on Durant. Mm-hmm. And he said, if, "If you notice it, he said that's why wow. some of us didn't say anything." He said. Then when it got to a point, he said, "That's people took Kevin Durant's side." He said, "Cause you should have just gave the Rock up." And he said, "Then he, I saw he said to you, and then you cocked an attitude." I say, if people look at that clip. Um, KD was the only one that reacted too. If you notice, Clay does also. Yep, correct. So two of the top three players on that team that did notice something like, bro, what are you doing? But you see, the thing is, he didn't snap on Clay. He snapped at Durant, which which was odd to to me also. You know what's funny? Let's ask this question: Who does Clay Thompson ever say anything? Does Steph Curry really no, he's ever a super quiet say guy. anything? Super That's quiet right. Guy. But yeah. but Kevin Durant's a, a more of a talker, right? You know. Yeah. Get, get on Twitter, say something to you, but you never really see Steph or Clay say too much, right? So that's why he felt like he could snap back at, at not and not Clay for Clay saying something. Uh, yeah. Oh, all right. So this is you know we probably got a little off topic. Yeah, yeah, we jumped we jumped around. That's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine though. No, that's fine. We, we no, that was we no. Love I love about like that was you know different leaderships and stuff like that, especially. So like we we were perfectly fine with that. What I wanted to ask, how was like COVID and everything like that? Um, how's your season going this year? Oh man, man! From the start, we had we before COVID hit, right? We was we was the favorites. We had got in some, you know, some studs. Um, we had signed another guy um, from like the one of the rival teams that we had. We signed the other American. He could ball. Then they got in another American because I became Australian. 
So as I'm Australian, I don't count as an American. So they brought in another American who could shoot the lights out of it. So we became the favorites, man. And then and they canceled the season and made everybody go back. <laughs> and now they just, you know, and now it's going to start in mid-July, but there's no international travel. So we kind of back yeah. to the middle, middle of the pack. And we don't know how good we can be now, you know? Yeah. Because we've lost so much. Um, you'll predict we can make the playoffs. Yeah. I'm not sure. So, I'm not sure if we will. So, so the thing is now, how does everyone's role change? And how, like, you know, you being the leader now, people fall back on you. And like you said, you got that that type of mentality, the dog in you, then you know, like, all right, like you believe in regardless that you, you're going to be successful. So now how do you get your, your teammates to feel that? Oh, um, well, we, the guys that are the core guys that usually start that are going to start with. But mm-hmm. So, you know, those guys know um, what I expect, you know, did play they're they're dogs too you know we got we got some tough guys who like to defend and play um but you know that they feel like their roles would never change some guys know the defensive players we got another guy who's you know he's he just plays at a pace that you know if you can't keep up with it you're in trouble so mm-hmm. you know he knows that's what he got who passes the ball you know rebounds plays d and that role and it never changes and he knows that so it's more for the that come in, and then then they have to get you know acclimated and accustomed. And um, like I said, the new guys that we did have, brother, they you know had to go back. They're from you know New Zealand, America, or you know different parts. So now they can't travel back in because of you know COVID restriction on you know international flying. Yeah. So, so you know now that that's all happening, um, and your season's coming up. Are you do, what are you doing to like stay in shape and everything? Because you know, uh, me and Kashan had to, you know, work out separately, uh, but we kind of keep in touch and tell each other like, all right, like we got to do this, this, and this. So has it been like running stairs, running running a mile around? Have you been able to shoot or anything? Yes, yes. I, I have a goal out in my front yard, so. I get my shots up out there. I don't have to go very far, you know, just go yard and get them shots up. So that that's obviously a good thing that I can do there. Um, just, you know, home workouts, um, running with my dog, you know, around the, run around my dog, around the blocks, getting, getting the ability to, uh, you know, pace and stay in shape because, you know, out of 40 minutes, they got me playing like 36. Oh. And I tell them all the time I'm old, man. You know, like y'all can't keep, y'all can't keep asking me to to do this. You no. Know? So um, I remember the funny thing. I remember one time last year, just to, they made me play 40 minutes. I literally got home and I couldn't move. <laughs> I told them, do this. I said, wow. no, nah, move. I said, so you know, um, that's tough because I'm I'm getting older, so. Uh, yeah, during COVID, I just been working out, man. Home workouts, shooting outside, um, 
I mean, I think that's got to be sufficient enough, you know, to allow me to really amp my workouts up, you know, actual in a real quarter, getting into the real gym and lifting weights. Yeah. Oh, my God. 40 minutes? I don't know. You are kind of old. But, yeah, still, I'm just saying. Um, that might be it for me. Um, but, but, but you know, you know, Dre, uh, one thing that, you know, we're all basketball players. The one thing I've realized is that you can't simulate no, not at all. game shape. You can't simulate basketball shape. I don't care how much running you do. I don't care how much sprints, how many, uh, you know, lateral movements, whatever. The only, in my opinion, you can do all that to, you know, to help. But the only way to truly get in basketball shape yep. is to play You're basketball. 100% correct, man. That's, I feel that's the only way to get in shape. But, like, the thing about me is I never want to be embarrassed. Yeah. But you outwork me. That's something I'm yeah. not going to let happen. So, I will absolutely push my body to the limit on the how tired I am to outperform you. So I, I said, if you just if I don't shoot it well and you just outplay me by, that's different. But you won't outwork me. So if we're running up and down the court and I have to keep a pace, you better be able to keep the pace I can keep because I'm gonna no matter if I come in out of shape or not, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can. Fuck you. So if you're in top shape, then I'm going to work that much harder to keep to that level. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like, I mean, that should be everybody's, you know, like thought process out there on the court, you know, because, I mean, everybody's going through this. So I don't believe that, you know, we can make any excuses on about, you know, somebody else being in better shape because they had to go through this COVID. It wasn't just, you know, one, you know, one club or, 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 or two, two clubs do it. Everybody, you know, was basically in a isolation lockdown from this quarantine. You know, but but now since like everything is uh you know start I don't want to say calming down, but you said your season's starting to like get back in. Um, are you having that like anything in your back of your head? Like okay, now I got to kind of watch out like who I'm around or anything like that because like you said, you are your own brand. And you are like your legs and your body make you money. Is, is what I'm saying. Yes, uh, so, like you get sick, you can't afford. I, I do, man. But uh, a funny thing is, you know, my, um, my partner, she's a researcher, so she's a lot of research and stuff on uh, coronavirus, you know, COVID. So I already know like so much about it, man. And um, um, she's dug in. You know, she has like a lot of insight on the stuff and and things that you know most people don't. Common people don't know, and I always get on, you know, Facebook and try to educate them. Um, you, you'll be okay if there's nothing in your immune system. The coronavirus will be just like a common cold, or the flu, yeah. um, or the flu. I'm sorry, not the cold. Like, um, you know, but if if you've got you know something wrong with your immune system, no matter what, you know, then if you're then you're probably in trouble. Yeah, because of what you know, how it attacks your immune system, and it, then you know, then it becomes yeah, and your lungs fill up with water and stuff like that, and then yeah, it's hard to breathe, and that becomes the problem. But like, even though they even showing any symptoms in kids, yeah, so that's why they're allowing kids to go back to school because you know, if the, if the kid doesn't have it with them, they could be at school, they could be with other kids, they can come home if no nothing's wrong, they'll never show symptoms, and they will never know. 
anything. So it's a scary thing. It it is yeah. it is scary, but like you said, so I, I I don't think I have to worry about you know get back to your point who I'm around because we got to live with this forever. There, this is a yeah. this is a virus, right? No cure for a virus. This 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 one there is no cure because I mean it's basically just yeah. like you know what I mean it's the flu. There you can't you can't cure this. You can get a vaccine, but you still will get it. Right. So so and so in your opinion, do you feel that it's primarily the NBA that they should go on ahead and get yeah. back to resuming play? Yes, under, under the right precautions right. that you get back to resuming play. I mean, just like when you go in the hospitals, they take your tip. They have everybody in the arena take get their temperature test. You should be okay, you know. I mean, yeah, that's all you can do. I mean, but but if not, you know, um, you resume without fans. The TV ratings are going to be through the roof because you know people, <laughs> people want to get back to sports so bad. You know, I mean, that's then that's what you'd be doing. You you. No matter what, I mean, I think just for sports in general, you know, obviously Australia is trying to, to get back on, on schedule, um, you know, the UFC, no fans, but hey, the show must go on. Yeah. Hey, but, you know, UFC is a, in terms of the fans, UFC is a, you can get away with doing that with the UFC. Just because one, the fan, the the crowd isn't as big, and also too, I I think that also plays into the fact that uh, it's an individual sport. But you know, when it comes to basketball, you know this that we feed off the crowd, we feed off of that energy, and you know, some people would say if there's no crowd there, you're basically just. But I, you know, and then I also practice. look at this though, man. Um, with any sport, right? People, people, people feed off crowd. Whether if I'm in a fight individual fight and I hit somebody with a mean uppercut and the crowd goes crazy. I get hyped. You know? So, you know, I think some people feed off the crowd in, in fights. I mean, but think about it because if you're, just like they say that, if you a glorified practice in a UFC fight, it becomes a, a glorified sparring session. Yeah. I, I think the crowd plays point. a part because for people's psyche. Um, it, it might be down because we'll basketball wise we'll hear it. So everything the players say, everything the refs say, you know, everything the coaches say, we'll hear everything. So um detrimental to the game as far as people getting ejected. Um you know, but but the crowds the only thing the crowds yeah. will make is home court advantage. Yeah. Otherwise it won't matter. You, there is no home court point. A better team should win. That's why uh, – go back to this, though. You know, I hope – that's why when this hit and we everybody thought they would have an NCAA tournament, I, I was going to say put all your money on mm-hmm. all the lower seeds. So if C2 was playing a C13, put your money on C2. All the, all the lower seeds will win. There is no more crowd noise. So, you know, if it's Duke versus Valparaiso and it's a close game, Valparaiso hits a three and the crowd goes crazy. Now everybody's hyped. But if you know it's a close game, they hit a three. Nobody's saying nothing. It's just, you know, it's just it's just hooping. So then now the dude comes down and throws a dunk down. You know it's just the same thing. So the better team, 
mm-hmm. in those situations. Yeah. Okay, the so, problem so, is so, so the crowd to get hyped and they get that energy. To, to yeah. anybody. Otherwise, what's the point of playing a, a road game and a home game if a crowd made no difference just so other people, people yeah. can come and watch the games? Is that all? Yeah, essentially, that's what it would be. Yeah. You know what I mean, but you know, if you if you can get, you know, with football or anything, you know, you go to what Ohio State, and they can get a hundred eight thousand people in there, or you go, you see that, or you University of Missouri where they get, you know, what fifty thousand people. Yeah, I'm, big that's difference. a huge difference. You know what I mean? <laughs> big difference. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, 50, you know, I mean, I think that's a that's a that's a for for everybody is crowds. Um, lucky in um, like you said, lucky in Australia, we didn't have that many cases of of, of yeah. COVID. We didn't have many cases at mm-hmm. all. So, um, you know, I, I think if we get going quicker and get the crowds and everything, and I just wish the NBA would just follow protocol, man, and keep everybody. You know, try to implement the crowds because I think uh, the fans are huge for the game. Yeah. Oh, okay, so my question is, how do they right. do it for for football? Because football's starting on schedule. That's one of the ones that one of the sports we noticed was like, we're not stopping that. That's tough. Um, because I, I I love football, man, but I'm afraid that you're gonna you rise in cases because people are gonna be drinking. Um, so now. Drinking, think that will play an effect on your temperature. Yeah, body heat. You have you you could be in you know what I'm saying the where it's cold. You're coming in out from the cold. It's just different than what it should be. You, how can you basically contain that? How can you navigate your way through that? So. I, so would you do would you do it the same way? I don't with think you can do football with no fans. Because because of if um, you think about it, uh, basketball is mostly paid because there's so many games throughout so much time. Big TV deals, right? But the NFL sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Because NBA yeah. click, you know what I'm saying? Today on TNT, you got four games. Tomorrow, then you know you got ESPN's got three games. Then you know you. Different ABCs got these games, but the NFL is all played on one day. College yeah. football is basically on two days. You know, you get a Thursday night game, and then you get all the Saturday games, right? NFL, you get a, you get a Sunday night game or Sunday game. Right. You get a Monday night, and then you get that little Thursday. But in that, people that play on Sundays, how many is actually on TV? Yeah. That, yeah, that, it that, depends on the region. Does that money flow? Because that, that, I think that's the whole thing, right? For these sports to continue, is the fans, the the, the money. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know how you're gonna back to that. I don't know how at least that. Um, I I would say you can't do football without fans. Basketball probably. I I, I wouldn't bank on it. I think they'll start. They'll finish this year. Without fans, but next year they'll get fans. Can you imagine an NBA Western Conference Finals, the Clippers and Lakers without fans? 
Either way, oh the Clippers that's, are oh, beating the right, That's how I feel. <laughs> Clippers in six. Clippers in <laughs> Okay. Clippers in six. CJ, why you can't know you I'm not going with that? Man. You know why I'm not going with that. <laughs> you know what? But, you know, you know, Dre, let's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you need to do. Why don't we get this so next one you, in? Uh, all right. <laughs> no, all right. Yeah, why don't you Terrell, talk so about we, we have, like, an ongoing debate that, like, we keep talking about. And this is for the current NBA. We'll, we'll ask you about the, the, the older, like, you know, all-time stuff in a second. But this is the current one. Who is your top five list of point guards? Let me know right now. Wait, 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 Dre, Dre. But give give your oh, list okay, first. Let me, then, like, okay, Terrell, this. <laughs> Wait, but are these guards – okay, so we know we got to preface this. Are the guards yeah. healthy? No, no, no. Like we're all we're guards current are right healthy? now. Are they just – No matter the health. No matter the health. If they are unhealthy, they are not playing. We know, like, they can't play. All right, you can't put them in the list. But, but, but healthy, not healthy, like – Yeah, top guards. Just top guards all right. right now. So, okay. you know who I said. I said I got – I'm going with Dame. Um – Curry's playing right now, right? Okay. So, yeah, you said everybody. So Curry, so Dame, uh, Kyrie. Who else did I say? I said, um, uh, was it Kemba? No, it wasn't Kemba. Ugh, I had Westbrook in there. And then I think I did go with, I think I went Kemba. So Terrell, the thing is, we talk about this all the time. And Kashawn does not think Westbrook is a top five point guard. How do you feel about that one? What should I give? No. Can I give my list? You, I know what you're going to do. <laughs> well, I, uh, okay, no, I, 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 I want to hear, hear his list first. Because I got yours, Dre. I got yours, Dre, <laughs> so I want to hear his. You, you, you want to hear my? Okay, so in this order, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, okay. Chris Paul, Kimball Walker. And see, see, the thing is, Drake is trying to be slick, and he's not allowing me to explain. Oh, Let me explain why. So, see, I like to make the analogy that Russell Westbrook is like an action movie, right? Like, it's really fun to watch. Like, you, you know, you wake up on Saturday morning, you say, okay, yeah, I'm going to watch this movie. I like it. It's entertaining. You like to watch it. But you know intrinsically that, that like, you know, that the, this action movie like say like Rocky or something. It's not. It's not going to win any awards. You know, there's no substance to it. It's just, you know, it's not going to win you anything. <laughs> it's just there to look good. And and so and, and I say that because Russell Westbrook is an amazing talent. Don't get me wrong. Extre- one of the most athletic players to play in this game, but his style of play is not conducive okay. to winning. And I say that because one is a, he does he had, he was never taught just like most most just like him and James Harden were never taught to work off the ball. You know the ball is always in their hands, and that's not their fault. It's just the system that they play in. And so I think by them not being able to play off the ball, it cuts their game in half because, as you know, like you got to be able to play off the ball and make cuts and read screens, read the right, make the right read coming off the screen. I think if you can't do that it just shortens your game, which is why Steph Curry is so great because he has that extra facet to his game. He's able to read screens, come off the, you know, come off the screen, come off a stagger, a pin down, a flare, and read it, read what the defender does. 
But then also, uh, you know, Westbrook is his ability to shoot. He was he's never enhanced his ability to shoot the ball over the course of his career. Now they had, he had one year I want to say in 2014 I think where he shot the pull up very well, but I, he just shoots the ball for me too inconsistently off the three. In this style, of, in the way the game is played today, to really be you know effective and winning, and you know people, I don't want to say stat, I don't want to say he stat pads, but um, <laughs> he 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 chases triple doubles, and he th- we we all see we all see when Stephen Adams like allows Russ to get the rebound and it's fine, like it's quick, it's good for a guard to get it because then he can push it up quicker, but I his focus is on stat padding because he knows subconsciously that his style of play is not going to ever get into a championship. So he said, okay, let me just get stats in because I know I can't. My style of play can't win a championship. Okay. <laughs> I, I truly don't believe he stat pads. Um, I think it's hard to do what it is because I think if it was that easy, to, everybody would do it. I. Oh, and I don't want to get – like, don't get me wrong. It's extremely hard to, to get a triple-double. Like, it is – it is junior, and like I'm not taking that away. Okay. From him, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, listen, I, I oh, want to say something. Whoever, Walker is not a top five. He's not. He's not. Ky- Kyrie Irving is a top five. Yeah. Irving. Kyrie Irving is not a top five. Kyrie Irving needs, and I hate to say this, um, Irving. If Westbrook's game doesn't relate and associate to winning, Kyrie's doesn't either. Kyrie by Kyrie by himself uh-huh. can't win. Westbrook by himself won in the West. Oh, okay, but he didn't. He never. He got didn't. But listen, I'm not gonna blame himself. him when they when they Utah and that decide in that game. Westbrook had 43 points. Paul George had six, and Carmelo. Had... <laughs> Y'all go. <laughs> okay, so. And I agree, I agree, I agree, Mr. Terrell. Like, Melo was a dinosaur at that age. In my opinion, shouldn't have even been playing. Hey, he, was, he went out, he, he went out the game. way he was supposed to. Paul George, he had seen a ghost. I always say this because when um, uh, Carmelo was like, playoff P, I'm like, he disappeared. Like, I don't know what happened to Paul George. He looked like he let Joe Ingles lock him up, which I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, it, it, you know, Paul George is. Elite, and he absolutely played terrible. So I that on Westbrook. I don't like. I think Westbrook went out firing. Go out firing, and he did. So I don't believe he was a cancer to his team. Like so, if you if you ask me, right before we break this down and we go by point guards, um, are we counting? Are we counting? Um, yeah, Luca Doncic as a point guard. Nah, I wouldn't even count Luca. Okay. In order, then I think yeah. the number the number one point guard. I gotta go CP three. That's personal. I'm not surprised I, by that. I, I, the the way that I he has why. elevated this team. Um, with with I mean they got they're better than Houston. Um, they they're actually they they can they was gonna keep climbing. He Shay uh, Gillis Alexander, Chris Paul mentored him in his blossoming. He looks, he looks great. Am- yeah, he, he looks, looks amazing elite. right now. I mean, he gets you twenty points a game. He's actually he's actually helped 
um, um, I'm sorry, what's his name? Um, he comes off the bench. Um, Dennis Schroeder. He's made Dennis Schroeder, Schroeder. a better player. Dennis yep. These guys are playing so different yep. with Chris Paul. I mean, and it's I me. Mean, um, I love Dollar. Dame Dollar. Um, yeah. I, I, I love the way he plays. I I say he's third. I'll give Steph Curry second. Um, I surprise you guys. I'm gonna go Westbrook. See. <laughs> and then my my last one. I'm biased because you know me and his dad go way back and we homies, but I'm going Ben Simmons. That makes sense. Okay, so but but if we're counting Ben Simmons as a point well, guard, well, I, I, I count, count I count Ben because that's what he naturally plays. He's the point guard. Like that's his natural position. Okay, that's fair. So let me ask you this: so, because no, no, none of us said John Wall. Frankly, John Wall he slipped my mind. But um, I think when healthy John Wall is top five point guard as well. Uh, I, I bump I bump Simmons like out and put Wall yeah. in. Uh, okay, yeah, I will bump. Uh, I think Walls. I think Walls elite. Well. I think he is elite. So, Bro, you already know about you, Dre. John think? Wall, when he was when he was playing, like I said, um, in the playoffs, I believe that they would have went to the conference finals if he never gets hurt. He he should have two conference finals on his resume, and yeah, in twenty fifteen, he should have they two come conference finals on his resume. He just got hurt. When I think they, yeah. and when they played Boston, I think Game Seven, that was I think that was Scott Brooks' fault because he didn't he only played Kelly Oubre I think like seven minutes that Game Seven one when Oubre was averaging That's like what I'm fifteen saying. So, that series. But I think he's elite too. Where he's at in that in that order, I don't know, but I think he is in that that top five range. When he, what he does when he comes back, I'm not sure. Just because I think those those injuries that he has had is like is a big thing for him. For his game, yeah, for him, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, his game is speed, yep. speed and power. Yep, it's based on a certain thing, and that's why I think that he will he will have to get accustomed to to playing that way with that injury. I feel that Kevin Durant will never miss a beat with that injury. Shooter, yeah, straight shooter. Eighty doesn't. Yeah, he relies on being seven feet, and <laughs> you're not seven feet to you're not seven feet to to contend with. <laughs> so, all right. All right, so Terrell, our next one, you know, this is this is something that we, we, we talked about several different times. We ask everybody that's been on the show, please tell me, Terrell, your top ten players of all time. Okay. Um, should I go from one down <laughs> or one up, or should I go from No, no, one down, down, one down, one one to down. Okay. Okay, Starting so at one. number one, one see, the ten. greatest player of all time is Michael Jordan. It's not even a question. Um the way that he played on both ends of the floor is remarkable to me. Um, at that size, 6'6", six, six, the athleticism, the scoring, the mid-range. I mean, it's absolutely dynamite. I mean, you know what I mean? It's it's a lost thing now but because um, analytics, but you keep following the analytics and Michael Jordan will beat you. Um, two, that's a tough one. Um, I gotta say, LeBron James. Oh, um, I'm surprised. I'm shocked. I'm genuinely shocked. I am, uh, 
but you can't deny his his game, man. He's yeah. Jesus. He's the truth. And I mean, if he gets ahead of steam, train a freight train coming, and you can't stop him. And if he hits jump shots, you have no way of shutting um, the total package: uh, size, speed, power, um, ability to hands, great passer, great rebounder. You know, um, and his prime, he's an elite defender. Um, there's nothing he, he can't do. Uh, maybe free throws, but, <laughs> you know, that, that, that's another story. Number three on my list, um, this might sound crazy to y'all, but um, I'm going to go. A lot of people went like Bill Russell and Wilt the Steel. Um, Will Chamberlain is number three. Will, Will Chamberlain was like a myth. Um, yeah. I don't know. He was like a myth. You know, you. <laughs> You know, he said he could bench 500 pounds. Um, you know, he, he did it all. Did that. Uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm going to go Magic Johnson. I'm shocked. Mag- Magic Johnson, man, could do everything too. Everything. Magic Johnson played 12 years, right? 12 years in the NBA. Magic Johnson went to nine NBA finals in 12 years. <laughs> 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 like, like, come on, man! Like, that's crazy! Like, that's that's, and you know what I mean? Even even then, as a as a rookie, Kareem gets hurt, and, and Magic steps in in Game Seven and and, and balls out, plays center, guard, forward, small forward, shooting guard, did it all. You can't you can't knock it. One Finals MVP, you know, like you can't knock Magic. Fast break, no looks, all that stuff. Um, that was was that five for me. Yeah. Uh, the next one I would have to say is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, okay. Obviously, his, his okay. game speaks for itself. Um, the next person after Kareem, this is gonna sound this. This I have to explain, Shaquille O'Neal. You you don't gotta explain that. You already know. But the reason why Shaq should probably be a two if Shaq. Did what Shaq was supposed to do for his whole career. Stay in shape. That's right. Otherwise, Shaq, Shaq, Shaq would you. probably be behind Jordan. Shaq is the most dominant player we've ever seen. Damon, Kareem, Bill Russell, no one was going to be able to stop Shaq. It wasn't happening. Shaq. Yeah. That's it. No, no one else, no, no one in the human. Michael Jordan is the greatest. Shaquille dominant. It said it's not, no one can tell me anybody's more dominant than Shaq because Shaq's physicality changed the whole game where you might have to foul Shaq four times before you know it. I got the ball now and I, Shaq fouls me. I go to the – or somebody fouls me. I go to the free throw line and shoot two free throws now. That was all done by Shaq. <laughs> done by Shaq. And I just got one foul and I get to go to the charity stripe now because he, he affects the yep. – so much without even touching it because of how big he is. Uh, that Absolutely. I gotta go, Kobe Bryant. The bean. I gotta go, with Kobe. I mean, he copied his game for, for a reason, you know, to to try to emulate that. Um, I got after that. I know a lot of people won't like this one. Uh, uh, Timmy Duncan. Yeah. I got Timmy. I got you. Who? 
Who don't got the greatest power forward of all time in there? They 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 sleep. They're, that's you'd right. be surprised. And I noticed surprised. this one right here is gonna sound crazy. People don't won't think it, but Hakeem Olajuwon. <laughs> the the dream, the dream, and I know that that sounds bad, but my tenth one, he he rounds it out. Um, and I know I'm leaving out Larry Bird, mm-hmm. and I know he's got to be mixed, but I feel Hakeem's in there. A lot of people don't, but I do. Um, ha- Hakeem is. Was the second best player yes. of the nineties? Yes, because I don't think you could behind Jordan. And again, you know what? I I don't know. I take that back. I don't know. I I don't know. And this is gonna sound crazy. Y'all about me for this? I don't know if a king was better than Patrick Ewing. I don't know that. Oh. I don't true. I if it wasn't starts absolutely pooping his pants and going three <laughs> and going three for twenty one. Okay. Game okay. seven. They beat Houston. Okay. They. Okay. They they beat they beat Houston. Someone finally so that means okay, like, Ewing has his ring. Ewing absolutely balled out, and obviously you know Jordan Doc. They talk about it. The Knicks had no offense but Patrick Ewing. <laughs> but <laughs> but could you say the same thing about uh, what's his name? Uh, was it Nick Anderson for for Shaq? About not getting his first ring in the finals. Well, How he, he did? They, I give it to. Them. They got swept though. Like they got. They did get swept. But they got, yeah. Knicks yeah, went to Game Seven and was winning, and Starks was playing like complete garbage. <laughs> I I know Patrick Ewing won him when he got in that locker room. Like you picked this day to go three. <laughs> it was three for seventeen or three for twenty one. I mean, he's literally like 0 for 11 from three-pointer. Like, you picked that day to do that. You make any of those, we've got a ring. And And now the debate is closer. Right, but now that Patrick doesn't have one, they're like, oh, well, Patrick's not on the same level. Patrick Ewing was blocking shots, grabbing rebounds, looking on you, running the floor, hitting the 15-footer, hitting the 17-footer. You know what I mean? He was the the presence. He's... He mm-hmm. struggled to get out of that, you know, Eastern Conference because Jordan was there. Oh yeah, but he Jordan prevented a lot of prevented. That's a, a yeah, lot so of that, that was my top ten man, and I got Bird is there. He should probably be in there, but I got to show Hakeem love because a lot of people don't. But you know, the the, the tough, tough. But I probably be in there, man. But I know it's. Like I said, I know it's hard, but I think my top five is, is solidified. Like, I don't know if you can say any different. All of those guys should be on Mount Rushmore. Okay. Jerry, do you want to get your uh, top two? Uh, yeah. Cause I, I like, I like, I, we, like we, I know why you like, like his because Hakeem's in there. You know, I'm not going. Don't uh, go ahead and click him, bro. So you know my one. I'm going to, I'm going to say Jordan regardless. Like, that's. That's the goat. You can't you can't take him off that mantle. Um, who'd I say two was? I said two was probably Kareem because I think scoring what was it thirty over thirty thousand points is crazy. Um, I want to say three was Bron. 
this is a little big one. This is a big one because he's one of my favorite. I like you said, the most dominant player of all time. I got Shaq at four. Okay. Because because I don't think there's anybody in the NBA, regardless of what era we go in, that's ever gonna stop him. Or that would have never. Like you want to pick athletic Shaq or or big Shaq that went to the Lakers? Which one you want? He giving you work. That's what I'm saying. He's giving work either way. So that was four. Um, Five. I got Bean. No, I probably I got Kobe. That's hot. I know, but to me, Kobe's the greatest Laker. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> Kobe's the greatest Laker, greatest man. The, Kobe's too nice. Magic. Oh, I gotta man. put him over Magic. I, Magic is Magic is six. Oh. Oh. Jeez. Oh, I don't care, man. Hey, Kobe is the the truth, dog. Just like just like Jordan prevented a lot of people from getting the ring, Kobe and Phil did too with Shaq. But you know, you know what? I I love your list, Dre, from to six. But I just want to correct on something. A thing that also made me knock Kobe back was, man, no people don't want to admit this and they want to forget this. But I watched Kobe Bryant quit in a game. Oh, and yeah. I would, they, that I will never, I will um, never let that down. He could have took over that thing against the Suns, and he quit in the second half in two shots. After having 25 in the first half, and he took two, and then he went on record and said, I didn't want to. Thank you. You're a quitter then, because Michael Jordan would have shot his way to the moon for for that. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Terrell. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for fucking. I personally, I I, I don't like people to, they skip over the, Kobe didn't quit on them. Like, Kobe just, like, people forget that he did. Like, bro, y'all don't, he quit in a game seven. In, in the, he, like, he also lost them that 04 finals, also. I know okay. that. All right, just make sure you know, but you can keep that five. No, no, no. You... <laughs> hey, hey, Mr. Trey, I'm glad someone. That's okay. Look, that look in, a, in big shots, <laughs> I'm taking Bean. Bean, Jordan, oh. those two are the two people who I'm just like, all right, I'm, I got to take what either one of them. And okay. in, in them big shots. Oh, man. Go ahead, Joe. Keep going. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Six, seven. Uh, uh, I'm putting Tim. You can't, you can't knock down his championships and him winning. That's that's not. You can't do that. He's definitely in some. He's definitely in a top ten, and he's the greatest power forward of all time. Which was, I think, in the two thousands, probably the most down at the most dominant. Like, was at its peak in the in two thousands. That's when like two power forwards were essential. Uh, eight. Yep. It gets a little, little scarce after that. Uh, you can go bird. Okay. I can go bird there. I go bird at eight. Uh, nine. Like you said, Hakeem is in there. Okay, I like that one. Just cut. He he did get two chips in the Jordan era. Jordan wasn't playing, but I give it to him. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I, 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 I give you can, you can only beat who's in front of you. So I give it to him. <laughs> he can only beat who's in front of him. How you gonna blame him for the dog? <laughs> I can't, as I said, hey, he did it. He can only beat who's in front of you. I'm telling I'm putting the ass I'm putting the ass 
one because John Starks. I'm trying to tell y'all, John Starks. <laughs> John Starks got a Marine? I think he was shaving points. I don't care what anybody said. <laughs> All right. Um, and then 10, I can't think of a 10 just because I want to say a name out there, but, you know, that might be a little controversial, but I think he's a, a top five talent ever. And that would, that's probably be Kevin Durant's 10. Mm, that's hey brother. I, I mm. thought about that. I honestly thought about that in mind too, but I said, I just don't know how you could leave Damon or Bill Russell. Yeah. But that's the thing though. Like I've yeah. never, like there's game film on, on what's the name or anything like that. Like I get to, I got to at least watch a, a old, met pretty bad recording of, of all those players that I've talked about. I never got to see Bill Russell, and I'm sure if I seen him, it'd have been a way different list. Okay, I I, I, I never seen I never seen Bill play, but I know if you average fifty points and, you yeah, 50, and twenty six rebounds, you the <laughs> you the truth. So I gotta have you in there because that's that's crazy, and he he did that. You know, what I'm saying seasons. It wasn't like it was just one season like that. Yeah, but that's why I said like it. It's it's kind of a the ten was just kind of thrown in there because I couldn't really think of anybody. But if if like Will or Katie can be switched out, but I think Katie is a top oh. talent ever. I'm, I, you'll never. I don't think we'll ever see another. I don't know if we'll ever really see another Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, I get I get that. And if you ask me in years, Kevin Durant's in there. Yeah, and and we often have conversations about this, and we say if Katie wins like a, a ring or two for Brooklyn. Does he crack your top five now? Yep. Kevin Kevin Durant will be the all-time leading scorer when he's done. Mm. I'd agree with that. All right. This is going to be the funniest one, I promise you. You know, Durant? I don't know, cause me and me and Mr. Terrell are kind of y'all got y'all got similar ones. I'm not, yeah, I agree with that. All right, so all right, Mr. Terrell, I'm gonna just tell you my list. So at number one, I have Michael Jordan, right? That's the consensus, right? And then uh, number two, I have Kareem. Three, Bill Russell. Four, Magic Johnson. Five, LeBron. Six, Larry Bird. Seven, I have Akeem. Eight, Tim Duncan. Nine, Shaq. And this is where I start to get some. You get a lot of hate. Some. Uh, yeah, I get a lot of pushback. At ten, I have Isaiah Thomas, and then at eleven, I have Kobe. But on at it's more like ten and ten a as opposed to ten and eleven. I think you can switch those guys out, and I think you would get the same result. You would. Still be doing the injustice. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, you know what? I never thought about that. You're right. Isaiah Thomas was a dog, and I looked at the his stats. You know, just to go with the intangibles that he had. So you know what? He's actually closer to that than you think. People don't yeah. really realize that. You know, he's actually closer to the top ten than people think. You know, I, I was looking at the uh, was it ES top t- their list. And I mean, I've said consensus. All all three lists are kind of mm-hmm. similar, um, even but even though Dre had you know magic kind of yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't too I wouldn't 
respond to that. Yeah, but I would do that. Do that. But a lot of them had like <laughs> Steph Curry rated higher than Kevin Durant, which on no planet Earth is Steph Curry better than. Kevin. It's just not. No. Um, no. That no. so yeah so you, you just don't, I guess everybody has things. All our list seems to be consensual, you know, pretty close to the similar. Um, with the with a little bit because I, I think. Yeah. Anyone who actually watches basketball and studies the game, it's not hard to pick out the top. If the top five should be the same. Five. And then when you get to the, you know, then you get to from between six to 15, that, yeah, yeah, that's pretty hard. that can be picked, pick you know what I'm saying, chopped yeah. in, chopped out. But the top five seems to be consistent. That's why. And I don't care what anybody say. I don't trust you if you ain't got Magic Johnson in your top five. So, Dre, I don't know if I trust I don't, know if I, was, I don't know if I can't trust you, Johnson. Johnson got to be in there. That's how we feel. You're right. I. The thing is, you're right. He did get the, the finals nine times, which is I is amazing. I I don't think we'll. Other than LeBron, who else can you really say? Yeah, about that? yeah. Uh, and I want to ask you guys a question. Sports. This mm. is me. I just say top three because I always want to hear this from other people. Obviously, I got number one. This is where it gets dicey for me. Mm -hmm. I would say Carl Malone or Charles Barkley, and that's it. You know what's funny? What's funny is we talked about that, I think, just yesterday. Last night. night, And we said, why don't more people think about Carl Malone in the top ten ever? And I was like, I don't know, even though he is. Is he second yeah. all-time scoring? I was like, even though he's second all-time scoring, I was like, I don't see why pe- people don't put him in. But I was like, it's probably just because they think of uh, no Stockton and Malone. No ring. Yeah. he no he. Ring. If Kobe yeah. Bryant doesn't mess it up for him, he gets a ring. Hey, Kobe. <laughs> Kobe what did you say? No, Terrell, what did you say? If. It don't matter. Michael Jordan's gonna go out there. But the firing, thing is, right? Mike, the ball to throw it to Shaq, just like Gary <laughs> Gary Payton and Carmelo said the same thing. If Kobe would have gained the ball to Shaq, we would have won that series. Yeah, but but you know you know Terrell, I think, in my opinion, I don't think it really mattered. I think Detroit was just a more dominant team that series, man. Like we had never seen a team since, quite frankly, the Bad Boys Pistons played with I get such intensity that. on the defense. I do, but also. Get to Carl Malone was hurt. He was hurt. Yeah, he was. That Malone, if Malone was yeah. healthy, I think that series is different. And I also believe that um, they can play with it. Want to? Shaquille O'Neal was going to dominate that series. It didn't matter who you had. Kobe <laughs> Bryant, I shot. Like that was the, the Pistons were happy. Kobe, Kobe, I shot out. Like you know, yeah. and, and like he told that he would get Gary Payton the ring. He didn't get him at L.A. They left, went to Miami, and got one. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, and you know, that actually segues into like another question that we kind of talked about. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so we talked talk about the power forward list, the shooting guard list. I think it's a consensus consensus that number one, it's uh-huh. Michael Jordan, right? And then, uh. Number two, uh, I was yeah. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, and then for number three, 
this is where it gets kind of tricky for some people, but in my opinion, I, I think it's clear cut. Clear cut Dwayne Wade. Clear cut. Clear cut. And I was clear cut. And I was telling Dre this um, last week that the the margin between um between MJ and Kobe is bigger than the margin between uh yep. Wade and and Kobe. So I think D Wade is much closer to Kobe yes. than yeah. Kobe is to MJ. Yeah, people don't give Wade his credit, man. Wade is a dog. If Wade would, if Wade would have learned how to control himself earlier in his career, instead of hitting the floor so many, he would, he would have still be playing to this day. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade played reckless. You know, he drive into the hole and bang his. Played like Iverson, but a little bigger than Iverson. But as we know now, as all three of us know as basketball players, there's one thing that doesn't get. <laughs> so, you know, you can only hit the ground so many times before you start to feel it. And his body started to feel it where he'd fly in. But, you know, Wade was a 6'4 guard, shooting guard. Became a, a, a better shooter when he got to Miami. Uh, his playoff run. Yeah. What I grant this, they might have had two rings if he didn't get hurt in that Pistons series. He didn't play game. Was it five or six? And Shaq played, and they end up losing. But Shaq dominated. If they would have won that, that would have won the series, and then they end up losing the next two. Because yeah. That's right. Game five. That was five. He was hurt. Shaq balled out, but I mean, they just needed that extra one. If I believe if Wade plays, they go to the finals and they win there. I do. That was when Shaq was San better. The year. next year, Shaq was kind of slowing down. Yeah. And they went to the finals, mm-hmm. and Shaq was just tired and slow, but Wade took over. Best finals yeah. performance. I mean, literally, he gave yeah. them anything they wanted. I mean, if, if they some <laughs> eggs with bacon, he served it up. And, and, I, and I mean, there was there was nothing anybody could do with it. I mean, th- those games that he played was remarkable. I mean, that was some of the greatest stuff I've ever seen. That was like Michael Jordan-esque. Like, you know what I mean? This just yeah. going on anybody yeah. and everything. You know, because people always want to talk about basketball, and I always crack this with people when we talk about the greatest of all time. I said basketball in its simplest form, in its simplest form, offense and defense. That's basketball in its simplest form. That's it. Who's the better? Who's the better defensive player? That's it. We're not. We don't need. They'd be like, oh, well, he don't. This guy. What? That's no, 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 no. What is basketball in its simplest? Offense and defense. Offense. Who is the best two at that? that. Michael Jordan. I said, so there is no debate. What are we we talking about? Passing. What is the main point of offense? To put the ball in the hole. Who is the best at that? Michael. What is the main part of defense? Getting a stop. Who is the best at that? Michael Jordan. What, so what are we talking about? It's not even close. Not even close. I said, and I, so I want to break down other stuff. 
well, passing and rebound. Michael Jordan had Dennis Rodman on his team. He ain't rebounding. He don't need to. <laughs> what the, are we really going to do this? <laughs> like I said, Rob, Rodman right. led the league in rebounding seven straight seasons. Are we really going to talk about Michael Jordan going to grab a Right. No, like, there's no... <laughs> there's nothing to talk about, man. There's nothing there's to not, talk about. That's why... Like when we when we get about that and we always talk about you know the greatest of all time or we want to talk about this I just say what's basketball is that's how we can break this down in its simplest form what is basketball it's offensive defense who's better at both of them? and that's how we cut it exactly exactly and you uh and you know Mr Trill I just want to ask you one more question what is um and and do you think, in terms of LeBron James, who we were talking about leadership uh, qualities, do you think LeBron James gets too much credit or not enough credit for his leadership skills? I it depends, man. Um, who 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 talks about? It? I think he gets the credit he deserves, but sometimes I think like, um, like uh, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp gives. Somebody like that gives him too much credit. Like now he was like, oh, well, like last night he was with the Lakers and say he got hurt, right? And then he came back and said, oh, he's going to turn it on. And the Lakers just kept losing. He, he didn't he didn't have the leadership mm-hmm. skills because he wanted to ship all those players away. And they realized they did, but he couldn't figure out how to to do that. So right. his leadership skills looked terrible and they just kept going down, kept going down. Even, even though they had a chance to make it, he well, Shannon Sharp blames it on why he was hurt, right? But then he says, now, look at him. The Lakers are in right. first. Well, you think that they added Anthony Davis, which is a top five player in the NBA? And I said, do, do people understand Davis leads the Lakers in every category besides assist? Every statistical every category, category besides assist. I say, like, you know what I mean? Like, bro, that realize. Anthony Davis is a top five player. If I said today, right now, and I had to start a team with somebody, moment I'm taking Anthony Davis. Right this moment, I said I won't take KD because right. KD just comes off an injury. So right, I'm taking Anthony Davis. I won't take Giannis because I've seen Giannis get stopped because Kawhi Leonard slowed him down because he can't shoot. So they they he right. uh, he didn't stop him. So I'm gonna say that that's that's false. He didn't stop him. He slowed him down. And no one, you're not slowing Anthony Davis down. Anthony Davis will get you 25 points and 20 rebounds. You're not that down. You, you just you... no, not at all. And at, at that at that level, like you're not you're not stopping. Like you're not, you can you can slow him down, but you're not. You're not. That's right. So him. I think that they they give LeBron James with this much credit because they don't throw in the narrative that he has Anthony Davis right now. You know what I mean? Oh, they give him. I said LeBron right. James came back from a three-one deficit against the Golden State Warriors. Well, you act like he wasn't playing with Kyrie Irving, who was getting forty points in game four or game five or four, four. I think it was four, five, and six. Yep. Kyrie Irving played outside his mind. And, and then in game seven, Absolutely. when they went through stretches, LeBron went disappearing. Kyrie. So they're giving him credit like too much. Like you guys. LeBron didn't make that block. Don't get me wrong. Hit the shot. If Kyrie, you can block that ball, LeBron. But if y'all don't make that shot, y'all not winning. 
So I think I agree. You know what I mean? He I blocked agree. the shot. And that was yep. that was an incredible block. But um, they they giving him too much credit because that's all they say. Well, LeBron down like so. Y'all just go step over that. Kyrie Irving iced it. You know what I mean? Cool, got it. LeBron James playing one on five out there. You know what I mean? Right. They they totally totally discredit Kyrie, yeah. which that's sad. You know. Right, and I think I think that happens with any player that plays with LeBron. Like LeBron's gonna get all the, all the credit, but that that's right. And I think that's why a lot of people like you see Kawhi Leonard didn't play with him. Paul did this, you know, and. Uh, be my last take on that. Um, he he's detrimental to a star. If you're not a, if you're a star, he hurts your game. Um, Chris Bosh had to take a back seat. And Wade took a back seat. So Chris yep. Bosh is out here shooting three pointers. <laughs> That's what, he he Chris Bosh took a back seat. He's out. Here. And now people think Chris Bosh wasn't a hell of a player. Chris Bosh was a stud. Yeah, Chris. Uh, he was out here shooting three pointers because your LeBron James because you made him change his game, so he took a backseat to you. Dwayne Wade took a backseat, and you go to Cleveland. Kevin Love was getting you twenty and twenty. He's got to take a backseat. So they all, if you're a star, when you get with him, you can't be a star anymore unless you're like a Kyrie Irving who's gonna. Kyrie didn't care anyway. Kyrie was at every time and do his thing. So, you know what I mean? And then when Kyrie didn't get assists, LeBron James would, oh, yeah, the kids got to work on, you know, like, no. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 we're talking about assists here. We, we put the ball in the hole. That's the name of the game. That's, that's, that's right. Simplest form. That's right. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I think LeBron James is a good leader, but I Back to your original point, I think mm-hmm. he gets too much credit when they're winning. Got you. Well said, well said, well said. Well, hey, Mr. Troll, hey, man, we really appreciate you uh, being on the sh- show and joining us. Uh, Dre, unfortunately, uh, is he can't hear us right now. He's having some technical difficulties. But normally, Mr. Troll, what we do is uh, at the end of the show, we like to uh, we all like to give shout outs to you know whoever and whomever or promote whatever, and so. What I want to ask is, do you want to give any more shout-out, a shout-out to anybody? Oh, yeah. Anybody listening to this, uh, you know, all on my Instagram, Belchi1, B-E-L-C-H-I-E, 8051. I follow back. I'll let you boy. We'll be be sure to uh, to tag you in a... Tag you in our post once we uh start promote once we post this episode on uh, Spotify and Instagram and man I, I appreciate first. you guys having me man it was but absolutely man we appreciate you joining us and having the insight and prize insight and just a lot of basketball knowledge and just you know give us insight to the daily life oh, you know, well, thank you man. yeah athlete, man. hopefully you know I answered all your questions and because inside on you know how I live my life and you know the struggles and the triumphs of you know playing this game of basketball. Of course, man, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, okay, so shout out to the Nerdy in Many Ways YouTube channel. Shout out to Tatiana, Tatiana Jasmine TV, another YouTube channel. Uh, once again, guys, thank you, Mr. Terrell, for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, obviously, come back anytime. You're more than welcome, man. Uh, 
But yeah, guys, we'll be back again next week with a new episode. Uh, be sure to tune in, subscribe to us as well. And until next time, guys, peace.